Welcome everyone to another episode of Kindling the Hearth Fire. I hope everyone had a great time this year. I know our grove had a fantastic ritual, so the weather was a real improvement over last year. Alright, usually I would talk a little bit about some traditions surrounding spring equinox itself, but as that's what I talked about last year and I don't really, I would like to take this time to talk a little bit about some very odd traditions or stories surrounding this time of year, um, two in particular. The first is a common trick um, played upon the unwary on April Fool's Day or the 1st of April. It's called um, Send the Fool Farther. And one person would write a note and put it into an envelope and hand it to another person, carefully selected, and tell them that it was a highly important letter that needed to be delivered to a third party. When the second party got to the third party, the third person would open the letter and the note would actually say, send the fool farther, which would be a hint to the third party that someone was playing this trick on someone and they would basically be sending them to different people all through the town, still telling them that this was a very important letter. Um, the fool could be sent all around town before they caught on to the fact that they're being sent on a wild goose chase. Um, this made me giggle a bit and imagine who I might send out and who might fall for it and for how long it might go on. Another interesting thing about this time of year was the idea that if Palm Sunday, a Christian holiday, fell upon the same day as, say, St. Patrick's Day. Um, it was given to be believed um, that if this occurred, that it was an omen for something unusual to happen. And generally speaking, it was considered a good unusual rather than a bad unusual. Okay. Now, next up, we have a lovely recording of drum ADS recently re-elected Archdruid. Um, he, he talks about devotional practice. Um, it's a bit long, so I set it up to be um, split into two parts, one to be played during this episode, and the next one to be played during our Beltane episode, which will be coming up in a couple weeks. Now the first part is more about a personal devotion practice and how to get that started and the importance of a devotional practice and what it can mean for certain people. So, I loved, I loved listening to it when it was first recorded and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Important to set up a time to do this uh, and a place to do it. For myself, as I mentioned next door before, um, I do my morning devotionals in the car. Uh, it's my sacred space because I have a 100 kilometer, 62 mile drive takes me an hour and 15 minutes, and it's more than enough time to do that. I also get the additional bonus of seeing the sun come up uh, uh, on days when there is sun available. Uh, so that's an extra added bonus, uh, a bonus uh, devotional that I add to it. So uh, it's, I think it's important to set a place and to set a time. It doesn't have to be a rigid setting of time, so it has to be 7 o'clock every day, but it's when I get in my car. And um, for myself, I like to... Um, I like to set set the scene, 
So the first thing I do in my devotional practices is I talk about I'm not done um, drinking. I talk about the day on this bright, beautiful day on this quiet, 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 cloudy day, um, and that's how I, I kind of center myself. But, um, we also don't have any cows because I lost them. And I think that it's um, I like to start small uh, with devotionals um, because it's just actually a recognition and saying, hey, I'm here, I know that you're here, and here's what I think. Mm-hmm. So I like to always, uh, and because I do devotionals in my car, it is ideal to make some kind of an offering when you do a devotional. Since we're offering-based religion, it's important to do an offering. Um, however, uh, if you're driving a car, you cannot light a candle, you cannot pour whiskey in the car, you can't do any of those kind of things. But uh, I finish my devotionals by saying, I honor and I thank you, Nate. Um, because I, I think that by honoring and thanking them, that uh, that is in and of itself an offering, uh, as, as, as well as part of the other things. So let me give you an example. Um, I do, the first thing I do in the morning, something I, I, I learned from my Hindu friend of mine, I honor the Hindus. What they do, especially the Brahmins, my friend is a Brahmin, his wife is a Brahmin. They get up in the morning, they go to the bathroom, they clean, they cleanse themselves, and they go into prayer. So it's like um, remove, cleanse, and then you're ready. And so what I do is um, I get up in the morning, I let the dog out, the dog goes and cleanses, I wash my hands, and then I have, uh, I have a, a little altar set up for the household spirits. And I have a little cup of water, and I dip my fingers in it three times, and I have a stone. I use a thing called a Hawasi stone, which is, um, the Hittites, you had these things called Hawasi stones, which were large stones that were temple analogs. They couldn't build a temple, they used a large stone. They, they anointed it with milk, anointed it with oils, they treated it like a god, whatever the case may be. So in my practical pra- pra- practice, I have a stone, I have a cup of water, and so I dip my fingers in it and I say, I welcome to you my lares, household spirits, I welcome you to another day of friendship and peace, thank you for watching over my home, my heart, and my family. And so that's my devotion. The dog comes back inside, life goes on. Uh, that's the first thing I do in the morning, and uh, because for me, um, the household spirits are real, they're palatable. Uh, five years ago, I may not have recognized that, but I do now, just from experiences I had, which I can go into some other time. But um, that, I mean, I had heard about household spirits before, um, and I never put much, you know, it's, I not disbelieve it, but I had not experienced it myself. And then moving into an apartment that I lived in for a while, for those who heard the story, I apologize. But uh, for I moved into this apartment, I moved my first couple of boxes in, and I have my cell phone, uh, the predecessor of that cell phone. So the apartment is totally empty. There's a living room, there's a cupboard, a closet, there's a kitchen, hallway, bathroom, two bedrooms. So I put the boxes in the bathroom, because uh, that's where they went. And I put my phone on the counter in the bathroom. So I leave the apartment, I start to go back down the stairs, and I said, better get my phone, because it's my, it's part of my body. I go back up, there's nobody else in the apartment. Rhiannon's outside in the van. I go back into the apartment, the phone is gone from the, the bathroom. I'm not a woo-woo guy. This is a material universe the laws of physics maintain. 
could not find the damn phone. So I go out and I said, I have the phone in the car, uh, Rihanna, and she's like, not my car, I had to be at two cars. I looked at my car and I'm like, what the hell? So I said, I'm gonna go back into the apartment, and I said, ring me, and keep ringing me until I answer. I had it on vibrate, as it usually is, as it is now, and so I go to the apartment, I hear, uh, 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 uh. so I kind of follow it for a while, and going into the second bedroom, the door is slightly ajar, and the phone is sitting on top of the door. Um, you know, so, like this. Like this. And so I'm like, what in the hell? So, Rhiannon says, sounds like, sounds like we got a household spirit. And I said, well, what should I do? And she's like, well, make offerings. So I called, uh, called a friend of mine, Carrie Mann. I said, Carrie told her the story. She's like, sounds like you got a friendly spirit, you know, make offerings. So I thought, okay, well, um, brought in some more boxes, set up some bookshelves, and what I did is I set up a little place um, on top of that, that bookshelf to be the space for the, the household spirits. And it evolved over time as I learned things, I talked to people. There definitely was a spirit, if not more, in this apartment. And over time, I began to appreciate its presence. My cat was definitely aware of its presence. And so I made offerings to it. And I found that on days, things would move around in the apartment and until we established a relationship and established an ongoing practice, um, you know, there was kind of a restlessness there until we got into sync. And I felt, I'm not really a woo guy, honestly. Uh, and so I, you know, it got to a point where I really felt secure in this apartment. And I felt that I was not to be harmed because there was this beneficial spirit in there. Um, Rihanna definitely noticed it as well, and she's also a material world kind of person. I mean, but um, so I established a practice. Uh, and what I do is I do the water thing. And I also have, have a little glass of whiskey. It's a little candle that I cleaned out after it was all done, and I put whiskey in it. And as an offering, it's, a, in my mind, the perfect offering because uh, the laws of the physical universe say there is liquid in this, in this glass along with, with the spirits, it'll evaporate. So it evaporates as the normal course of the universe uh, insists. But it's also, for me, the consuming of those, those offerings. As they are evaporating, they're being consumed by the household spirit. So, they, uh, it's something that I did. When I moved from that apartment, I wanted to try to get the household spirits to come up. <laughs> so I'm like, how am I going to do this? I really didn't have a guidebook for it. But I had uh, this feng shui mirror. It's this octagonal uh, structure with a mirror in the middle. And so I went from, uh, everything was gone in the apartment except this mirror and a broom that I left behind. And I went through the whole house, you know, cupboards, closets, and all that stuff, and saying, if you want to come with me, come. And so I think that something did come along with me to the new place that I went to, the house. Uh, but I think that that big spirit did not come along. I did not feel its presence once I left. And it's probably still there. And if it was as interactive as it was with me, I can only imagine what the next residents had to experience. But that was my, you know, really first experience with um, a household spirit as the object of devotion. And I still use that same devotional practice, uh, the one I described to you, um, you know, today in my daily practices.
Um, so when I first started, it was, you know, I welcome to my lares. Uh, that's how I started. It was just that one line because I wanted to keep it simple. And then I thought, you know, friendship and peace because as, as things calmed down in the house, then it was friendship and peace. And so I mentioned that. And then I thought now that I have a home, uh, you know, there is a hearth there, and I wanted to acknowledge that as well. So now it's welcome to my Lares, welcome you to another day of friendship and peace. Thank you for watching over my home, my hearth, my family. So, structure, uh, location, and, and dwellers in that location. And I, I think that works pretty well. Um, I mean, I live in the city. Um, I live on the east side of, of Toledo, which it's a mixed neighborhood. There's good things and bad things that happen in the neighborhood, and you never know, you know, touch wood. So far, so good. But I do feel that the spirits of the place are important. And that's an example of, of developing a devotional practice with someone or something below. And um, so that's, that's something that worked with me. And so I decided to do it in the morning just because I figured it was a really good time to do so. But I think that... Um, One can do this with entities like lares, or with gods or goddesses that if they appeal to you. If you have a, I have set up and because I live in a pagan household, uh, there are little altars and shrines everywhere throughout the house. Um, most of them are undisturbed by my five cats, which I'm thankful for, as long as they don't have like balls or anything on them uh, that can be distracting. But I have found that what this allows is a pillow. It allows uh, people to, um, or allows me to go to these different locations for different things. And so I've set aside, uh, I set aside uh, function for different locations. And uh, so what was, what at one point was one devotional has now become a number of devotionals throughout the household. And thank you, Drum, for that lovely talk. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did recording it and listening to it the first time around at PantheaCon. All right, so the next bit is a simple recipe that I found while searching for something really easy to bring to next ritual. I didn't end up making it, but it's still a great recipe to make if you want to make something really quick and really fresh for spring. Um, it's a nice, fresh um, pea salad um, that takes almost no prep and absolutely no cooking, but tastes lovely and will fit right in with a picnic on a spring day. All right, it's called a lemon pea salad, and bas the basic prep is about 10 minutes, and it's about ready in 10 minutes. And it um, was submitted by um, Auletta, and it's on her website, which I will put in the show notes. Um, so you guys get a hold of the actual recipe. So um, the ingredients for this particular salad are um, one cup raw peas and half a lemon juiced and um, salt and ground pepper to taste. And really simple, just add all the ingredients together, salt and pepper to taste, and you're done. That's the basic recipe and it tastes really, really nice really really simple you don't have to use the stove on a hot day and it gets some vegetables in there as well all right next portion of the show is of course the book review and this time around um 
the book that I am going to be reviewing, it's not a, it's a, not a non-fiction, it's actually a fictional book that I've had for many years and I absolutely adore this book and I just want to give it a little bit more advertisement or just let more people know about this wonderful book. Um, usually I would be reviewing a non-fiction book, but this time around I want to recommend an old favorite. Um, it's a retelling of a, my favorite Scandinavian myth, um, East of the Sun and West of the Moon, which I have loved since childhood in all its renditions. There's a movie about this, this particular myth, um, there's many books about it, but this is a more recent retelling of that story. Um, if you love myth, um, but also like a coming-of-age story with an interesting twist, I would definitely recommend picking this up for yourself or any young readers you may know. It takes a pretty bare-bones story and fleshes it out beautifully. You can find it at any of your local booksellers, including Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And the actual title of the book, before I forget, um, is actually North Child by Edith Patu. Um, it's also called East in some publications. I actually have the um, East version that I actually was introduced to a few years back. But it's by Edith Patau, and it's a lovely book. It definitely belongs on your shelf um, if you love myth or you just love good storytelling. All right, now we have the social calendar. Next up in our social calendar, we have coming up Trillium Spring Gathering, which is an ADF festival. And this festival occurs from April 18th to the 21st this year. And it will be once again in Cross Junction, Virginia, the United States. And if you want more information on getting signed up for the next Trillium, getting tickets and finding out what's going on, their website is TrilliumGatheringADF, all one word, dot org. All right. And next up is, after Trillium, is going to be Wellspring Gathering, another ADF festival, and it runs from May 23rd to May 27th this year. And it will be at the Tradara Retreat Center in Madison, Ohio. And their website, to find more information on what's going on, how to get tickets for the next one, is going to be at stonecreed.org backslash wellspring. Alright, and the last festival we have this time on the social calendar is going to be Sirius Rising, which is a pan-pagan festival where ADF has a presence at. And it will run from July 22nd to the 28th at the Brushwood Folklore Center in Sherman, New York. And for more details and how to get tickets for the next festival, it will be at brushwood.com backslash serious-rising. All right, so we got our social calendar, we got our recipe, and we had our talkie bit. Thanks, Dave the Bard, for that term. <laughs> All right, so wrapping up, I would like to thank everyone who contributed to the podcast, either by listening with your submissions or on Patreon. Um, I would also like to thank Bonnie Landry for her wonderful voice that you heard in the intro to the show, singing Fire Burn Bright, a chant written and composed by her own um, Diane Emerald Bronwitz. Um, all other music and images belong to their creators. 
Um, right now, you can find our podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, and on Patreon. We're having a little bit of an issue with Podbean, so it's, the website there is down. So the more reliable way to find it is either on Stitcher or on Patreon at this point. Um, Google Play is also another place you can find us as well. Podbean and iTunes are being a little bit techy with me this month. So look for us there, and I'll be getting that back up in the next couple weeks. Um, if you want to help support the podcast, um, you can go on Patreon and you can actually donate as little as $1 to help with the fees that are involved with creating a podcast. Because while I do love recording and it is definitely a labor of love, um, money is always helpful. <laughs> definitely. Um, and each um, level of Patreon, you can donate a $1 gets you access to all the podcasts um, you would ever want, including a new podcast section that I'm actually creating in the near future, and more updates on that next time. And, and the $5 actually will give you um, access to even more um, content um, that I am in the business of creating, again, soon in the near future. Um, and also, we'll also get you a shout out on the show, just in case you're wondering what that gets you. But one five dollars, not that much a month, and it really does help out. All right, go on to Patreon and check them out and help support the podcast. All websites mentioned in the podcast will be in links in the show notes, as per usual. Thank you for listening and contributing and supporting. May you and yours always pray with a good fire. See you next time.